Shalom, and welcome to Christians with Torah, the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast. We believe the Torah is relevant for our lives today, God's teachings and instructions. You may very well be part of the first generation to be born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, and have the Torah, a Christian with Torah. Join us as we honor the living God through the study of His Word, topical conversations, and interviews with special guests. Please welcome our hosts, Pastor Nick Plummer and Ryan Cabrera. Shalom, everybody, and welcome to Christians with Torah, the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast. I'm your co-host, Ryan Cabrera, and I am in Studio C. That's right. C, C. with C. Pastor C. Nick Plummer. Hey, Pastor Nick. This will be our uh, last time in Studio C. We're going to go back to Studio A. B. Studio B. B. Yes. B. We go back to Studio A. Is B. the office. A is the, office. the stage. That's right. C is the fellowship hall. That's correct. Yes. We never speak of the, the studios in that way, though, right? This, this is Studio C. It really is. Right. And I like it. Yeah. No, no interruptions, that's no right. problems. Exactly. No, it's especially during the week. There's nobody. No children running around. <laughs> <laughs> so welcome, everybody, to Christians with Torah. I'm excited that you're here. Uh, if this is your first time watching, Christians with Torah is our heart to the world, that everybody would see that the teachings and instructions of God and the Torah are relevant to Christians today, and that this is not bondage, this is not, you know, I don't know, persecution no. or anything like that, but this is loving instructions from a father to his children. And so every week we take the Torah portions uh, one by one, and this week we're doing Va'et Chanan. Now, if... Uh, if you have not subscribed to our YouTube channel, please go to our YouTube channel and subscribe. Make sure you hit the bell and hit all, and that'll make sure that you get notifications whenever we put out a new video. We're only putting out like one or two a week right now uh, at the most, so it's not a ton of notifications coming to you, but you want to stay up to date with what we got going on. And then also our Facebook page, if you'll go to Christians with Torah on Facebook and like it. Uh, and then I'm thinking about you know putting out some feelers and some other social media platforms and stuff, but right now our two main ones are Facebook and YouTube. Amen. Uh, we just finished the three weeks of affliction. Uh, I'm feeling pretty good about being done. The ninth June twenty sixth of the eve to uh, I do believe July eighteenth. That's correct. Eve, three and weeks so, of affliction. And so uh, we finished the ninth of Av, which um, you know the Jewish people fast on that day. Check out the Jerusalem Post on some of the articles about the Temple Mount. Yeah. Av, and they went up there and they prayed and they did some things. Yeah. I, there was a little bit of a ruckus. Actually, some uh, some friends that are over there in Israel, living in uh, yes. the mountains of Ephraim, were actually showing me that while they were up on the Temple Mount on the ninth of Av that from the inside at Al-Aqsa Mosque, somebody had broken some windows and were throwing rocks out the windows of the mosque. And then they took pictures of like piles of rocks up on the Temple Mount stage, ready to go for whenever, you know, somebody needs some ammo, so to speak, to throw at Jews and Christians. Yeah. It's a shame, you know, it really is. So, um, but you know what? Praise God, the future temple is coming and we know that Yeshua will put his feet on the Mount of Olives. He's going to walk through that Eastern Gate. He's going to do a lot of things. But what has to happen first? We have to get our got to be reconciliation. That's right. Reconciliation. So, all right, why don't we jump into the Torah portion? What do you say? Okay, here we go. Uh, Real quickly here. Hang on. Hang on. Oh. The Torah portion is va'et chanan. Oh, yeah, you got to tell us what it is. It means, and I pleaded. And I pleaded, Moses. That's right. And uh, the Torah portion found in the book of Deuteronomy, starting in chapter 3 and verse 23, and ending in chapter 7 and verse 11. 7-11. Now you're up. Slurpees for everyone. The outline. Deuteronomy is a book of remembrance. It's broken up into four parts. Remember, the book of Numbers was three parts. Yeah. This is four parts. So, so remembrances of the past is chapter one through four, which we're going to do. 
well, some of it. And then, of course, chapter 4 and verse 44 is part 2, all the way through chapter 26, commandments for the present. Then chapters 27 to 30 are options affecting the future. The future is now. Say the future is now. The future is now. The future is now. And then chapters 31 through 34, parting words of Moses. We have five key words found in the book of Deuteronomy. We have remember, obey, blessing, curse, and covenant. Five key words found in the book of Deuteronomy. So without further ado, I'm going to have Ryan read. Oh, yeah. We're going to read the very beginning of this particular portion. It's very important to, to get the rundown, to, to see who the uh, successor is, how it transpires. Deuteronomy chapter 3, verses 23 through 29. O Lord God... Oh, wait. And I besought the Lord at that time, saying, O Lord God, thou hast begun to show thy servant thy greatness and thy mighty hand. For what God is there in heaven or in earth that can do according to thy works and according to thy might? I pray thee, let me go over and see the good land that is beyond Jordan, that goodly mountain and Lebanon. And the Lord was wroth with me for your sakes and would not hear me. And the Lord said unto me, let it suffice thee, speak no more unto me of this matter. Get thee up into the top of Pisgah and lift up thine eyes westward and northward and southward and eastward and behold it with thine eyes. For thou shalt not go over this Jordan, but charge Joshua and encourage him and strengthen him, for he shall go over before this people, and he shall cause them to inherit the land which thou shalt see. So we abode in the valley over against Beth Peor. Very good, very good. So who asked God to let him go into the land and was not allowed? Moses. Moses. That's so sad. I feel like so harsh. Man. Well, remember when God said, because he stated a case after the situation, mm -hmm. did Moses assume he was going into the land? Because remember what he said? Only Joshua and Caleb. I get this it. Generation. He did say that. Moses was over 20. Yeah, oh yeah. So basically, God was saying even then, he, he mentioned Moses not once. He did not. So Moses was the deliverer, delivered them out of Egypt, but I don't see anywhere where he promised Moses that he could go into the promised land, but he blew it. So maybe he just assumed he was going into the land and blah, 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 and all this other stuff. Yeah. And then it didn't happen. So who was Moses instructed to encourage and take the land? Joshua the Ephraimite. That's right. Joshua the Ephraimite. And uh, just recently, not too long ago, even now, uh, through archaeological evidence, they have discovered Joshua's altar on Mount Evil. Uh, so evil is uh, Joshua's altar, and they found it, discovered it, and there was some damage done to it. They were trying to, uh, you know, discredit it, take something away, the retaining wall there, and grind it up into gravel to make a road for the for the Palestinians. Right. And they were caught, and they were stopped. So yeah. thank God for that uh, in that sense. So we have a change of leadership here uh, from, a, from a Levite to an Ephraimite. Just keep that in mind. What would Ephraim become but a multitude of nations? That's right. Right? A goy, a goyim, that Ephraim would become this. But Ephraim uh, is coming out of the nations. They're not Jewish, and that's what's happening today for those that are mature and responsible because that's what you have to be to receive the promises of God, and you cannot alter his purposes. So when people say, well, I don't believe that. That's not right. Well, then you're, you're not getting it. Right. Don't alter God's purpose. He right. said Ephraim would become a multitude of nations, a bunch of Gentiles, ethnic groups, and that he would return in the last days. Yes. Because he has the birthright. Right. And Judah has the scepter. So this is all God's plan. Whether you get it or not, it's happening. 
Nobody wants to properly define Ephraim, and I just did. And matter of fact, Paul goes on to say, when the fullness of the Gentiles comes in, the fullness, right. the goyim, the nations, then all of Israel will be saved. Right. So we really need for Ephraim to come into the picture. Yeah. And he is slowly but surely worldwide coming into well, the picture. Well, he needs to step up in maturity and right. faith. And so, so what that. did God command Israel not to add or take away from? Uh, the word, but I won't read that verse because I love this verse. It says, Ye shall not add unto the word which I command you, neither shall ye diminish aught from it, that ye may keep the commandments of the Lord your God which I command you. Wow. So so here's the interesting thing, and I'm not being mean or anything, but, the, but it's quite obvious that the Jews have added to the word of God, and Christians have taken away from the word of God in some form or fashion. So right. that's the take on it that I could see. Well, they both did both. Yeah. yeah, I mean, so so I'm just saying that it's just something to think about. Yeah. Um, so why is it important to believe every word of the Bible and to live it? And I'm going to give some references here. If Ryan can look up 1 Thessalonians 2.13. Why is it important to believe every word of the Bible and to live it? 2.13, uh, right? 1 Thessalonians 2.13. For this cause also thank we God without ceasing, because when ye received the word of God which ye heard of us, ye received it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which effectually worketh also in you that believe. Awesome. What about Second Timothy 3.16? Second Timothy 3.16. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Very good. So the current Bible that we currently have, the King James Version of the Bible, is good to go. All books, all chapters. Yeah. Last but not least, Second Peter one twenty one. Why is it important to believe every word of the Bible and to live it? Second Peter one. 21. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. So hear me out when I talk about the two houses or Ephraim and Judah. Prophecy is of no private interpretation. Which is 20, for 2 Peter yeah. 1, 20. So, so you don't want to uh, to do that, you know. No. So so think about it. This is so important that we, that we understand this. You know, a lot of people would go and want to take books out of the Bible and different things or add. But just take the 66 books of the Bible at face value and make it relevant for today and take it literally. Yeah. The literal reading of the word and understanding. A literal interpretation. Sure. Literally. I agree with this. So so what was Israel warned not to do when they entered the land? They were warned not to commit idolatry. So don't commit idolatry. I love what John Bevere says and I give him credit for this because I he says something and I always remember it and I really enjoyed it. He says, Whatever you get your strength from and whatever you give your strength to is an idol. Yes. So think about it. Whatever you get your strength from and whatever you give your strength to, that becomes an idol. Or at least has the potential to become right. an idol. And so yeah. that's what it is, you know, an idol. You know, don't, don't, it's one of the commandments. You shall have no idols. Um, I like this verse in Deuteronomy 4.24. For the Lord thy God is a consuming fire. Even a jealous God. Yeah. Now, it was said last night, based upon a consensus of the groups, one group said, and I do believe I will quote Mr. Henry. Henry said that our jealousy can destroy us, but God's jealousy can preserve us. Amen. Because he's zealous. That's right. So you don't want to be jealous over somebody else's stuff. Right. Don't covet. You know, there can be jealousy in ministry. 
over positions or friendships. There can be jealousy uh, with items or like you would call it what? Thou shalt not what? Covet. Yeah. You know, so coveting or wanting something else means that you don't appreciate what you have. So when I look at what God has given me and I'm grateful and I appreciate it, I won't be jealous and I won't be ungrateful and I won't covet. Right. Well, I want a bigger church. I want a school in the church. I want this. I want yeah. that. Or, you know, or I want to I want to be a New York Times bestseller, too. Yeah, I think the true balance in life is, is different than what people think. I think the true balance in life is being grateful for what you have, but yet still desiring the more that God has for you, right? You know, so, and the resources that he gives us should be used for the community. Yeah. And, oh, to yeah. better, and to further the kingdom of and God. And to further the kingdom. And that's, what, that's where it comes into mind. Well, just like, just like the land of Israel, right, and the resources that God gives us, these things are tools. This is not the be-all and end-all, right? Right. These things are given to us right. for kingdom purposes, not as, a, as an end in and of itself, right? So it's, it's, it needs to be used. Well, when I say the vision is to build a strong community— and raise up the next generation, that's a lot of work yeah. and, and resources too. And that's what I love about God is that we're doing that here. Yeah, Churches are closed, but we're building a strong community, raising up the next generation. You know, what do we pray for? Like 35 youth at Shabbat, 35 yeah. youth and children came up, oh, yeah. 35. And you know, the demographics real quick here, oh. which was interesting. Yeah. Last night, I have the little sheet here. It's kind of interesting. That we had, uh, I don't know if I put it in here or not. Maybe I did, maybe I didn't. Um, oh, yeah. So last night at our small group tour study, we had 40 adults and 14 youth with a total of 54. So, yeah. you know, it's almost like you know, like we talk about to raise up the next generation is, is, is a strong one-third yeah. of the demographic of our church. And I've had pastors tell me, you guys have a lot of children. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, I've talked to rabbis here locally, and they'll say that, you know, they're like amazed when I tell them the numbers here. Now, we always look at our numbers, and we're like, man, we're always like, darn, wish we could get more people. He's like, man, I got like seven people. I know. <laughs> you know, it's, it's rough. It's rough. And, and you, you know, know what? We're not the new kids on the block. We're not. We're not. And God's a crockpot. He's not a microwave. That's right. And he's a broiler, man. It takes time to bake. and But everybody wants things instantaneous. They want what no, you got. They want to ride your coattails. Right. But they didn't cry the tears no, to pay the price. Right, right, right. Because time will tell. Yeah. Will Nothing take, takes the place of time. Like they say, they there's no such it. thing as a true overnight success. Just because you learned about it overnight doesn't mean that it wasn't. Isn't that so funny? Like in all the these process, shows, right? Like these HG shows about home improvements and stuff. Yeah. They don't show you. No, they don't. They don't show you, you know, whatever. Yeah. Or they have a crew of 60 people. You know, knocking it out. It takes, it's a lot easier it, when you have 60 people. And it looks really encouraging. Oh, we can do this. This is nothing. Yeah. Then yeah, you get yeah, into yeah. it and you find all these yeah. other problems. So a couple of things. So what do you got for me? I got a couple of things. So I remember uh, seeing a clip of a famous TV show host one time saying that one of the reasons that they fell away from the faith and they'd grown up like in a Baptist church or something like that was that they heard that God was jealous of them, you know? And I, I just, it kind of made me chuckle because I was like, how do you hear this verse and think that God is jealous of you and what you have? Like how could God be jealous? Who you are, but it's, jealous of you. Like wanting, like coveting you or what you have in I some form or fashion. I don't know about that interpretation, but... Well, that's, that's the interpretation that was given. Because we know it means Dallas. So I, I thought that was got to be the silliest thing I think I've heard in a while. 
because this is just like you said, right? God is jealous for us, right? And our jealousy can destroy us, but his jealousy preserves us. I like that. I love that, man. These little one-liners that are quippy. He'll take care of us. Well, it's cool when you get one-liners like that. Because we're doing what he wants. Because then those types of things, people can really receive that and and, and ingest that concept very easily because they'll get it. Now, I want to read a couple verses to you real quick. Deuteronomy chapter 4, verses 6 through 8. I love this because when we talk about being a Christian with Torah and we talk about the value of the Torah and we talk about you know God's teachings and instructions and all these things, it's, it's really good to let it speak for itself you know, in giving itself value. And this is what it says. It says, um, well, let's start with verse 5. Behold, I have taught you statutes and judgments, even as the Lord my God commanded me, that ye should do so in the land whither you go to possess it. Keep therefore and do them, for this is your wisdom and your understanding in the sight of the nations, which shall hear all these statutes and say, Surely this great nation is a wise and understanding people. For what nation is there so great who hath God so nigh unto them as the Lord our God is in all things that we call upon him for? And what nation is there so great that hath statutes and judgments so righteous as all this law which I set before you this day? It sounds like a good thing. Look, if I don't have a mic in my hand that I can drop. but That sounds like a good thing. It sounds like morals and values too. It sounds like that if we were to truly buy in to God's plan, we would be the envy of all peoples. But what happens? We don't buy in truly. We don't walk out this word. We don't live our faith out in public and in open. And people don't see the power of God in us because we're cowering down. And then guess what? We're not, we're not, they aren't saying these things about us. As a matter of fact, they're saying the opposite things about us. We need to be good ambassadors for Christ. You know, here's the thing that just comes to my mind. Let's give to God what is God's. Yes. And give to Caesar what is Caesar's. Yeah, forget Caesar. You know, I love Caesar salad. Tell Caesar. <laughs> I do like Caesar so, salad. So let's check this out. So God will use heaven and earth as his two witnesses if his people did evil. Uh, Deuteronomy 4.26. So you need at least two witnesses to establish a matter. Yes. You know, that's how I resolve conflict in my home with my children. But imagine, you something can't happens. hide. No. Heaven so and earth. Something happens, and I'm like... I need, I need two witnesses. And they never come back. No, they don't. <laughs> so let's move on. Let's, let's look at God was going to scatter his people among the nations if they were evil. Mm. So once again, it's if you do this, if you do that. So let me read to you Deuteronomy 28, 64, going ahead a little bit. And the Lord shall scatter thee among all people from the one end of the earth, even unto the other. And there thou shalt serve other gods, which neither thou nor thy fathers have known, even wood and stone. Leviticus 26.33. Going backwards. Leviticus 26. Oh, yeah. Leviticus 26. Leviticus 26.33. And I will scatter you among the heathen and will draw out a sword after you. And your land shall be desolate and your cities waste. Now. What a contrast to today. Cities are growing. Yeah, absolutely. Israel is prospering. Yes. Among all the Middle East nations, the only democracy. They Just are like the prophets foretold. They are prospering. Yes. So what does that tell you? That God's not scattering. Not anymore. 
you know, that's why this whole temple controversy is very, very interesting. Yeah. Because he had two temples. Why wouldn't he want a third one then? Yeah. You, at this point, he's over the temple. Did he outgrow his Legos? Yeah. I mean, what did he do? You know? So so keep, keep that in mind. What's the book called that you're reading right now? Jesus Loves the Temple. Right. So how it's you out know? of print. Yeah, it is, but you can get it on Kindle on Amazon. It's called Jesus okay, Loves the Temple. Okay, because we're going to really pro- promote that. We should totally promote that. I love that book. I've read it. Um, I think Pastor Nick has it in his bag. There he goes. He's going for the bag. So uh, it's Jesus Loves the Temple. You can find it. It's um, it's by Ben Hilton. Um, and you can find this on Amazon, and you can get it on the Kindle version. Uh, I have both a hard copy and a Kindle version because I, I wanted to read it Very good. You know, electronically. So, so once again... An incredible topic. Yeah. Re-examining the scriptural idea of a temple in Jerusalem from a Christian perspective. And so, um, you know, it's cool. Uh, we talked a lot about this uh, this past Shabbat. So um, the message itself, I think, would be a great idea to watch the message. Um, it'll be up on YouTube. If it's not already there, it'll be up this week. Um, oh, we talked about the three weeks of affliction and the future temple. And the future temple, exactly. That's awesome. Let's move on to page two of our outline because there's some incredible stuff going on in here. I've got to actually go back and edit this outline and add a few more things. But uh, it it actually says in Deuteronomy chapter 4, verses 30 and 31, when thou art in tribulation and all these things are come upon thee, even in the latter days, if thou turn to the Lord thy God and shalt be obedient unto his voice, for the Lord thy God is a merciful God. He will not forsake thee, neither destroy thee, nor forget the covenant of thy fathers, which he sware unto them. This is a prophecy. Now, it's interesting because we get to hear his voice, keep his covenant. If you do that, you're in a good place. Yeah. That's why we're moving into our services. Mm-hmm. When I'm teaching and sharing, I want you to experience God's peace and shalom and direction that he'll begin to speak to you. Well, I also want to note that it, this is talking about tribulation. And I don't necessarily think that this verse is talking about the great tribulation. Right. It's difficult times. However, however, it does... I want to note a couple things. Latter he's talking days. to all Israel. Right. And he's talking about tribulation in the latter days. I would say that we're in the latter days that he's referring to. Oh, right? yeah. And then he says this. He says, if you'll be obedient unto his voice, right, that he will take you through it. Because he says he'll be a merciful God. And that he will not forsake thee, neither destroy thee, nor forget the covenant of thy fathers, which he sware unto them. Now, this is not just the Jews, right? This is all of Israel that's being spoken to here. Right. So you can't just say, oh, the Jews are going to go through another Holocaust and we're going to be raptured out of I here. I think COVID-19 is tribulation. I, oh, I agree. There's levels of tribulation. Bad government can oh, be tribulation. Oh, um, for sure. <laughs> yeah. So, so God wanted his people to drive out the nations. Okay. Yep. And the names of the three cities of refuge on the east side of the Jordan River was Bezer, Ramoth, and Golan. Yes. So there's three on the east side, three on the west side. There's geographically, you know, place there to run to, to have to uh, go to a city of refuge because so the Kinsman Redeemer doesn't get you in, until your case is settled. So uh, very interesting. And they mention it on the east side. Uh, the two kings that lost their land to the children of Israel were King Sion, of the Amorites and King Og of Bashan. The giant. So, yeah, they were uh, utterly diminished, taken mm-hmm. taken down, you know. Uh, refused to let Israel pass, and you had to engage them. So that's the thing. What is standing in your way that you need to engage? So I've shared enough. I've talked more than enough at this point. <laughs> so excited. I'm going to turn it over 
to Ryan, because now we're going to get into the Ten Commandments found in Deuteronomy chapter 5, verses 1 through 21. So once again, here are the Ten Commandments. I'm turning it over to Ryan. That's right. So the Ten Commandments are found here in Deuteronomy uh, again, right, in chapter 5, verses 1 through 21. And uh, I'm just going to read through them. We can kind of have some commentary on them. But uh, it starts with number one, no other gods, have no other gods but the one true God, Yahweh. Amen? No, wow. No graven images. Wow. Right? So this is, this is a, a commandment against idolatry. And so we never want to make some sort of an idol or... And worship it. And worship it, even if we're calling it Yahweh. Right? Look at the golden calf incident. They were calling the golden calf Yahweh and worshiping it. Yeah, they were worshiping it. And so the issue here is that we have a tendency to want to have something to see. We, we serve an invisible God who's everywhere all at once all the time. And so there's a, a compulsion to want to have a, of a, a symbol that you can worship towards. And in this case, God is saying, don't do that. This is well, not how me, I want you to let's, worship Let's me. ask this question, Ryan. Mm -hmm. When I did monuments and memorials, mm, yes. so when you have the Lincoln Memorial or you have the Jefferson Memorial, I don't see people worshiping. No, 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 In no, these no. places. No. So Maybe somebody. I, I, I think mean, that some people... <laughs> there might be somebody. Might, yeah, but I'm just saying that yeah. I didn't see candles or prayers going no, up no, no, no. at the statue of Abraham Lincoln sitting right there in the chair at yeah. the Lincoln Memorial or the Jefferson Memorial, him standing up. Yeah. So so I'd like to say that there are things that are just symbolic. They're memorials. Yeah. They're yeah, not, no doubt. They're, they're not... Like a statue of, you know, I don't know, Abraham Lincoln. For Well, that's his temple above his head. That's beside the point. Well, we, we, you talk about no graven images. What about this? Um, remember the uh, serpent on the pole. Right. And Gideon. Right. At that time said he destroyed it. That's right. It was destroyed. But then they started to worship his ephod. Yeah, it was Hezekiah, wasn't it? it destroyed it? Something, something, yeah. yeah. Something along those lines yeah. during that time. That was Gideon's ephod they, they were worshiping. But who, oh, but who destroyed yeah, yeah, yeah. the serpent on the pole? I think it was Hezekiah. Okay. Very interesting yeah. that something that was a memorial, a reflection, became an item of worship. Right, which is what God says not to do. And so I right. think that like people will say, well, why are there uh, cherubim on the mercy seat? Well, you're not worshiping the cherubim. That's God's seat. He's literally you know, using that as a throne, um, not as an object for worship. So again, here's, here's what it says in Jeremiah chapter 10, uh, verses 1 through 4. It says, Hear ye the word which the Lord speaketh unto you, O house of Israel. Thus saith the Lord, Learn not the way of the heathen, and be not dismayed at the signs in the heaven, for the heathen are dismayed at them. For the customs of the people are vain, for one cutteth a tree out of the forest, the work of the hands of the workmen, with the axe. They deck it with silver and with gold. They fasten it with nails and with hammers that it move not. Now, some people say that's a Christmas tree. Some people say that's an idol. I think in either case, it's a prohibition against creating an object that you then use as an object you for know, worship. And, and, and that whole Christmas tree can be symbolic of Christmas and everything. I understand that yeah, part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, it. but it's interesting how you kneel down to get your presents. <laughs> it is interesting. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, and you sing to it, right? Oh, Christmas tree, oh, Christmas tree. I mean, like, there's how beautiful your branches. You know, I don't understand why you would cut down a perfectly good tree and bring it in your house. I mean, at least get a fake tree for the environment, per se, you know. Because what do the trees do? They give off what? Oxygen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Do they give off oxygen? Yeah, or? absolutely. They, they, take they, they, they take in carbon dioxide and they give out oxygen. So live plants are good. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um so you're, you're, you're talking about the commandments of God, right? I am. So we're going now to do not take the Lord's name in vain. Now, 
I think that uh, being careful with God's name is a good practice, right? So not right. not just misusing God's name. Uh, you know, when you stub your toe, you know, you don't have to take the Lord's name in vain, <laughs> so to speak. Well, you know, why do we do that, though? Why don't we say, oh, Buddha, when we hurt ourselves? <laughs> oh, Confucius. <laughs> Confucius. <laughs> oh, Buddha. Well, so here's here's it, this. Isn't that this the maybe, It's in every man's heart, eternity. I'm eternal not going to say this is my official opinion, but I think I have an alternate opinion of this verse of this commandment. All right, meaning that empty. Don't be empty. Instead of without purpose, you know, calling out to God when you're in pain, probably not the worst idea in the world, right? So right. stubbing your toe and yelling God's oh, name, God. you know. Like I said, probably not the worst idea in the world. However, I think that when we take the Lord's name in vain, uh, I think what we're really, what he's really trying to say here is don't do things in my name that I didn't tell you to do. Um, think about all of the atrocities throughout history that have defamed the name of Jesus Christ because they were done in his name. The Crusades, the Inquisitions, you know, casting oh, yeah. the Jews out uh, of you know, country after country. Oh, it's bad. All of these things that Jesus would have never, ever signed right. off on that were done in his name. So I think taking the Lord's name in vain has more to do with defaming God's name and being a bad ambassador than it has to do with, like, don't, you know, how many people, uh, you know, will tell you what God thinks, but then, like, their life is not really lining up with what they're saying, you know? I think part of that is is that you don't want to be a representative of God and then misrepresent him. And when you de- openly declare your Christianity and your allegiance to Christ— I think, you, and then you don't live it, um, and not that all, any of us live it to the fullest, right? But you, I think you get my point, right? Not living in unrepentant, open, you know, blatant sin and things like that. Interesting. You got something there? Well, you know, what I like to do is, okay, the word is vain. Yeah. And what is it in Hebrew? It's Shav, 7723. Don't take the Lord, Lord's name in vain. In the sense of desolating, mm. evil as destruction, literal ruin or moral, especially guile. Uh, figuratively, idolatry is false, uh, uselessness. Yeah. So like empty, like yeah. you're saying it, but you're not really addressing him in a right context. I think this also covers blasphemy, right? Not speaking against God uh, as well. Yeah, so, but do not take the name of the Lord in vain. All right, there's ten of these, so we gotta keep rolling. All right. Oh yeah, we're we're just about there on the thirty <laughs> minute mark for page two. All right, so honor the Sabbath. Honor. So the, the first four commandments are for what? For God. Right, they're, they're what I would consider vertical commands. And then man is the next And then the six. six ones, the last six, I would which say, are very horizontal important. commands. Which makes sense to love the Lord thy God and to love your neighbor. Correct, yeah. Well, honoring the Sabbath I find interesting. I find this as the one that doesn't really make a lot of sense. It come, does it come with the—well, no, that's, that's the other one, the parents. Yes, it, it comes, does. It comes with the blessing the parents one, but this is— God's I mean, honoring the Sabbath comes with blessings, but not in the text here, right? It doesn't say right. it'll go well with you and, you know, you live long in the land. Right. Um, but honoring the Sabbath, uh, I think, is an important piece. Uh, the Sabbath is Friday night to Saturday night. It has been since the dawn of time, literally. <laughs> since time began, it was Friday night to Saturday night. That's true. Um, God kept the Shabbat. Um, Jesus kept the Shabbat. We follow Jesus. We should keep the Shabbat. And, you know, it's interesting, not not to bash Catholicism or anything, but they have put up on their website, mm-hmm. basically their doctrine, that they have the right, yeah, the God-given right, to change the day from God. I'm going to let that one speak for itself. I know. Just go and check it out for yourself. Yeah. Figure out what number it is. It's part of the doctrine of Catholicism. Yeah. I think that, it's in the catechism. they had the right yeah. to do that. Yeah, it's part of the catechism, I think. 
Um, all right, honor your father and mother. Comes with a blessing, right? It does. That, what do you get with that? That it shall go well with you and you'll live long in the land. Because mama says, I brought you into this world. I can take you yeah, out. Yeah, mama said knock you out. I can take you out. So what's interesting about this one is I believe in context this is mainly referring to taking care of your parents when they get old, right? Not leaving them out to dry. You know? Honoring them. Um, I think that's that's a big piece of this. And I hear that daughters are really good in taking care of their parents. They are, but th- think so about I it. I have five daughters, and I'm, so I'm, I'm feeling secure right now. Somebody's going to win. Right. And I'm going to win. Well, think of it this way. You know, God wants you to honor your father and mother so that it'll go well with you and you'll live long in the land. It says that thy days may be prolonged and that it may go well with thee in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Wow. So if you think about it, it's a it's to make the generations of life go well. I mean, I think that's... Because if you don't take care of your parents, your kids aren't going to take care of you because you set an example. The way you care for your parents is the way your kids are going to care for you. And the punishment, if you rebel against your parents, is death. Stoning, yeah, absolutely. So it's pretty severe. All right, so the last five here are uh, what we would consider moral imperatives, That's right? right. Um, so the first one being do not kill. It means murder. Yeah, do not murder. Because in battles with nations, you have to kill. That and, you know, um, I have asked this question, and 90% of the people that I ask the question, do you think violence is evil? will tell me, yes, violence is evil. And then I ask them, well, what about, and then I give them certain cases where the violence is obviously not evil, right. police, you know, rep, you know, reprimanding somebody or whatever. Right. Um, in a righteous way, I know police is a controversial topic at the moment. Ooh, I'm getting a little leaning over here. Um, I know that the police is a controversial topic, to say the least, um, you know, in our day and age. Right. But there's a concept called violence by proxy. Nobody wants to do the violence, Right. Or most people don't want to do the violence. But they're okay as long as the violence is being done that needs to be done, just as long as it's over there. It's like, we all eat meat, right? We just don't want to slaughter the animal and chop it up into pieces before we grill it, you know? And so I think... um, I think that's part of of the the concept here about do not murder, right? You're not going to kill somebody for your own selfish gain. Right. If you're defending your family, your loved ones, you're in battle, that's a different story. Because nations are fighting, there's killing. Right. Right, right. To defend your country. So do not commit adultery. This one's self-explanatory, right? God cares about the family. He started the marriage. He did. He cares about the family. He wants the, um, the husband and wife and the kids to be a picture of God and his bride, right? And the children being, you know, the congregation. I think that it's uh, a good picture of what life is supposed to look like. And so adultery is betrayal. It's the turning away from the covenant. Right. Um, that you've made before God, right? So when we commit adultery, we really commit adultery against God And that's why God, God divorced the house of Israel. That's exactly Jeremiah right. 3.8, a bill of divorce. All your backsliding. That's it. Gave you a bill of divorce. All right, do not steal. Do not steal. Do not take things that don't belong to you. That means hotel towels, too. Don't oh, steal. Why'd you got to go with me? Which one of you out there is right now feeling guilty about taking hotel towels? Somebody out I'm there. I'm just saying. Was it, it, you? It's, is it you? It's, it's scruples. It's you, just little it? things that we need to really remember yeah. and be careful about, you know. And Yeah. That's all. It's, it's just, you know, do the right thing. I agree. Do not bear false witness against your neighbor. Ooh. Now, this one's number nine, but I really feel what like is this fake is, news going to do with that one. Well, I feel like this one's really important because in the Torah, everything is established at the testimony of two to three witnesses. Right. And people can literally be put to death by, you know, doing things or saying things. They, they brought false witnesses against Yeshua in order to convict him to be oh, crucified, yeah. you know? 
Last but not least, do not covet. Now, what's interesting is I've been reading a lot of stuff, articles today recently about um, all this. There's a lot of controversy out there, right? I'm not going to address controversy in general, but uh, like critical race theory is a big topic right now. And yeah. Socialism versus capitalism versus communism, all these things out there, right? And we know that God has some principles out there for us. But one of the things it says here is do not covet. Right. Because what what is it that all these things are? doing? They're trying to put classes against each other. That's true. This group against that group. Well, you have this and we don't. What God says right here, don't covet. He's like, I don't care what they have. Yeah, I am sufficient for you. You know, I see the guy next to me in the new car, new car smell and everything. <laughs> and I'm like, that's a nice car. But I then know. I start thinking mine's paid off. That's right, baby. Well, I, I don't I don't want people to assume that I'm saying things I'm not saying. I'm not saying don't take care of the poor. I'm not saying any of the things that you're assuming. But what I am saying is that each of us as individuals have to get this word into our hearts. And part of that is being grateful to God for the plan for your life specifically and what he has done for you and the things that he's given you. He is more than sufficient for you. You should not be looking to the left and the right and comparing. Because when you compare, there's That's only two good. options, right? That's a good word. What is it you say? Word. When you compare, there's only two options, pride or disappointment. Right. Right. Either I'm doing better or I'm doing worse. You know, I was, I was telling some pastor friends of mine, I said, everything I have is because I want and have the heart of God. Yeah. I know what he wants. Amen. I know what he likes. I know what he's asking of me to do. And everything I have, you shouldn't covet. Because you can have the same things I have yeah. if you have the heart of God. Amen. So when I say God loves the Jewish people and he's bringing them to Beit Tehila and we are having reconciliation, this is the heart of God. Yeah. So I would tell any pastor listening or any evangelical or any Christian listening, anybody listening, get over your anti-Semitism. Oh, yeah. You know, the Jews are the chosen people of God. And we're going to talk about that as we get into this. We are. So let's, let's continue on. All right. So did the people agree to all the words contained within the Mosaic Covenant? Yes, they did. At a wedding, you say, I do. That's so right. in Exodus 19, 8, it says, And all the people answered together and said, All that the Lord hath spoken, we will do. And Moses returned the words of the people unto the Lord. So the people said they, 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 would, they would do, and they did. Okay, So that's the cool thing. Now, if you look at uh, Exodus 20, 19, and they said unto Moses, Speak thou with us, and we will hear, but let not God speak with us, lest we die. So they agreed to the words. As a matter of fact, it says here, I would say this. This is very interesting. They said this. This is so cool. So Moses is like the best man at the wedding. Check this out. In Exodus 19.9, And the Lord said unto Moses, Lo, I come unto thee in a thick cloud, that the people may hear when I speak with thee, and believe thee forever. And Moses told the words of the people unto the Lord. Amen. All so right. Let's move on to the uh, the great. So I want to. We're going to read um, chapter five twenty nine. That's kind of our central verse. But I want to read the verses around it real quick. All and, right. And the reason that I want to do that is because I want to show you something about the Torah that's very interesting. So it says here, starting in verse twenty nine, and the Lord heard the voice of your words when ye spake unto me. <clears throat> and the Lord said unto me, I have heard the voice of the words of this people, which they have spoken unto thee. They have well said all that they have spoken. Because what did they say? We will do all that you've said we will do. That's right. right. So verse 29 now. Oh, that there were such a heart in them that they would fear me and keep 
all my commandments always, that it might be well with them and with their children forever. Go say to them, get you out of your tents again, or get you into your tents again. But as for thee, stand thou here by me, and I will speak unto thee all the commandments and all the statutes and the judgments which thou shalt teach them, that they do them in the land which I give them to possess it. Ye shall observe to do therefore as the Lord God hath commanded you. Ye shall not turn aside to the right or to the left. Now, first, what does God want? He wants our hearts, right? This is the very center of our being. Oh, that they were, though that there was such a heart in them, that they would fear me and keep all my commandments. Why? Because he's he's bossy. He actually, keep all my commandments always. No, that it might be well with them and with their children. So the forever. parents have to do it first. That's right. So if there's not a buy-in from the parents, how can the children buy in? That's right. Now, so you, you want to move on? I do, but the last you thing share something. Here? The last thing I want to mention. Okay, you want to share <laughs> about this is that he says here to keep all the commandments that that he told everybody else go back to your tent, and then what did he do? He dictated the Torah yeah. word for word to I Moses. Moses got his little pen and his pad out. And God's telling him, and he's writing it down, all the commandments. From the mouth of God to the hand of Moses. That's right. Written with the finger of God. These words. Written with the finger of God. Chapter 6, baby. So here we go. Remember God every day. So here we go. This is uh, Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 4 and 5. This is so powerful. Mm. It's also found in Mark chapter 12, verses 29 and 30. It's called the Shema. It's Hero Israel. The Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy might. Um, now, once again, the Shema means to hear and obey. So that's what's really cool about hearing things. Yeah. You know, I tell my kids to do things. They heard it, but they didn't do it. <laughs> one person said, oh, that's right. It's so funny. I've got this uh, Yeti mug that's mm-hmm. like 30 ounces or something. Mm-hmm. And I and I have my children put like eight ice cubes in there and get me some water from the fridge. And uh, <laughs> eight, and, eight ice cubes, huh? Oh, yeah, it's eight. <laughs> and then, uh, <laughs> so funny, Ryan. I'm telling you, this is my personal all life. All right, all right, eight so ice they cubes, take my, So they take my cup and they, they, they go and they do it. Yeah. And I'm waiting. Praise God. And I'm like, hello. So I call <laughs> out one of the children's name. Adea. Yeah. She comes. And she goes, oh, I forgot. <laughs> now, she heard me. She took my cup, but nothing happened. From from there to the kitchen, something happened. She's like, Dad, you lost me at eight. There I was a show or an iPad or a small child, another of sibling. Course. So I laughed because it, it kind of reminds me of. Yeah, don't look to the left or oh, to the right. What? You know what? I think it's going to be in the Godspell play. Okay. Uh, in Matthew, remember, he talks about the two sons. Yes. One said he wouldn't go, and then he went. Yep. One didn't go at all. Which one was... Wow. You know, the right one said one. he would, but didn't. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's, a, that's a lesson to be learned. The Shema to hear and obey <sighs> is so important. And I'll give you an example, you know, to hear his voice and keep his covenant. So like when I was telling the congregation, listen, Judah approaches Joseph, the Torah portion, God was showing me that the Jewish people would come to our church and to receive them. Yeah. Because we're different than the evangelicals of today. We're, we're into the Torah, the Sabbath, the dietary laws and all that. So we're, we're quite an enigma, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So anyway, to make a long story short, so I heard that. And so then they started to come. 
and they're coming and they never stop coming. And then I, I've got a base of Orthodox Jewish people that are my friends we have relationships with. And it's really exciting. I've right. even had them come to my table on, on Friday mornings. And we have mutual respect. Mutual respect. So I'm just saying that this is so important. Reciprocity. Uh, so let's move on here. So was there a time when you did not have to talk about the word of God? Nope, nope. Teach them. So you know, people are talking about up, the Democratic down, left, government right. now. Democratic. Democratic-led government. They're talking about Dr. Fauci and the COVID and the mask and the mm. vaccinations. And they're just, everyone's getting all worked up and this and that. And, and I think, you know, it's important to know, to know truth and, and, to, and to keep informed of the latest news. But this is so important that, that, that we discuss the things of God. Like, hey, the third temple, what do you think about that? You know, um, so the word was to go on the hand between the eyes on the post of the house and on the gates. This is where you get the tefillim, the phylactery, and of course, the mezuzahs. You know, and your son is very good at touching the mezuzah. He sure is. He has one on his door to his bedroom in. every time he goes in and out of his room. So even 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 the young people are catching this, you know. Um, and so this is so important mm. that why don't we talk about mm. the, the prophecies and the things that God's doing and have some stimulating conversations yeah. that aren't really argumentative or, 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 or uh, to debate, but to discuss, you know, just like when we talk about a third temple, let's discuss this subject matter. Let's look at it in, in, a, in, a, in a mature way, you know. Sure. So what did the Lord want his people to do to the enemies of the land? He wanted, now remember, they're the enemies of the land and God wanted them to cast them out of the land. Why? Get them out. The enemies of the Bad land. Bad influence. Uh, if you could read Numbers 33, verses 52 and 53, Ryan, this is a little cross-reference for this reference here. Uh, if you could just do that. 33, 52, and 53? Yeah. All so right. It says this is about cast them out. Get them out. Then ye shall drive out all the inhabitants of the land from before you and destroy all their pictures and destroy all their molten images and quite pluck down all their high places, and ye shall dispossess the inhabitants of the land and dwell therein, for I have given you the land to possess it. So here's the thing. God wants a moral people in the land that love him. Amen. And get rid of the others. That's right. Now, this sounds kind of racist, or it sounds like he's having favoritism or whatever it is, but it just goes back to what God wants. Right. So like I said, most of the time in the state of Israel, which is a Jewish nation, they even passed a law that it is a Jewish nation, that if you do come to Israel and you behave yourself, you can stay in the land and everything's fine. Right. But when you start stabbing people and causing riots and trouble, mm -hmm. then you need to be cast out of the land. Oh, yeah. Um, so uh, anyway, uh, let's think about this. Oh, so were the children of Israel to know why they keep the testimony, statutes, and judgments of the That's Lord? right. They were. So, you know, everything we do should be able to explain. I'm doing this because of this. Why do you guys do what you do here? Well, this is why we do it. This is what we do. And, and the church membership has been very successful to yeah. the point of, hey, we've been doing this for over 25 years, and this is who we are. This is what we're doing. We're not just, this isn't some fad or something we made up. Right. And you can find uh, Beit Tehillahs, I think, throughout, if you'll, if you'll look and see what we're doing. You could compare it to some other churches because that's what God's doing. Yeah. You know, chapter so, six is all about... Um, spiritual exercises that help you stay in tune with God and passing this down to the next generation. So that's what chapter six, if I had to put it in a nutshell, right? Shema right. Yisrael. Think about right? respect. Think about just morals and values. Yeah, you know, like even the Mormons, they have morals and values. You yeah. know, and, and, and any organization that has morals and values, you should take note and, yeah. and respect yeah. besides the other things. So let's go ahead. I'm going to turn it over to Ryan. Um, in Deuteronomy 7, verses 1 through 6, we have the 
uh, the uh, command here, totally destroy the Canaanite culture. That's right. So um, how were the nations, or how many nations, I'm sorry, were in the land that Israel was to cast out? Seven. That's right. So they're going to cast out the uh, a bunch of people, and it's going to be the Hittites, the Girgashites, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, the Jebusites. So all the ites, they're going to cast out of the land. Um, and so what was Israel not to make with the enemies of the land? Well, that's before we do that, I want to point something out. Sure. Right? Yeah. This is something that stood out to me. Okay. Seven means completion. But it was, again, you're supposed to cast out what? These seven nations. Yeah. This word is goyim. Oh. So it's funny how these are bad people. Yeah. They're not good. They're not good at all. Can't be trusted. Sure. Not good. Not good for society. Not good overall. So nations means goyim, and nation means goy. It means a foreign nation or a Gentile. Now look at Genesis forty-eight nineteen. This is Jacob talking about Ephraim. And his father refused and said, I know it, my son, I know it. He also shall become a people, referencing Manasseh, the firstborn. And he also shall be great. But truly, his younger brother shall be greater than he, and his seed shall become a multitude of nations. The word nations is 1471. It's the same word used to drive out the bad nations. Yep. So if we're good boys and girls, we're Ephraim. We're coming out of the nations. We're mature and responsible. We behave ourselves. We will be a part of the land because that's what it's about when it comes to Ephraim. So yeah. that's a good word, isn't it, Ryan? Oh, it's absolutely Thinking good. about it. You could be a part of an ethnic group that is rotten and mean and just no morals and values, terrorism, murder, riots, lawlessness, yeah. and you could fall into that ethnic group. You got to be careful right. that you're not lumped into that. Right. See, that's why Ephraim could be a dirty word because it's had it's got a bad you know history or whatever sure. or misunderstandings. Yeah, absolutely. But Ephraim truly means doubly fruitful, fruitful. But Ephraim would become uh, someone who has the birthright to become mature and responsible. Yeah, absolutely. Man, that is so exciting. It is. I'm it, a good goy. Yeah, <laughs> and um, you know, so the the at, to your point, God did not want them to make any covenants with those people. Right. He wanted them to cast them out completely. Uh, and didn't want to make treaties, right? Don't make deals with them. Cast them out, right? That you was know, the, is it true God that said. they haven't really fulfilled any kind of agreement? Because we have the Oslo Accords mm -hmm. and agreement. Or what about some of the United Nations treaties and things? And, and, and what do they call it? They, they're not binding. Well, it's funny that you say that. Now, that's what it was told to me. I saw some people going back and forth. Um, that's not legally binding. On Twitter, talking about international law, and then somebody bringing up the Oslo Accords, and that the Palestinians agreed to the Oslo Accords. Because they haven't fulfilled their end of the treaty. Remember Shimon Perez and, uh, and Yasser, and Yasser Arafat. Arafat and Bill Clinton? You know, and hey, the little yeah. photo op, and hey, we're going to do this. And now, all of a sudden, the settlements then, are illegal. Then wait, in, wait, 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 wait. hit. Wait, wait. Area C... It says right there in the Oslo Accords, Israel can build whatever they want. Uh, yeah, that's true. So, so they're not they're not violating anything. These people just hate Jews. That's it. Period. And they yeah. hate Jews. They're Jew haters. They don't take the time to read what has been agreed upon and the fact that Israel, because they're a democratic Western nation, is towing the line and doing wow. the above the reproach thing by by doing things the right way. Um, it's sad because you play by the rules, right? But then the other side doesn't. And then you get called for foul. And it's like, something's a backwards here. All they do is they just hate Jews. All right. 
Now, that's interesting that that point was brought out. Because yeah. let's build up to this, Ryan. Because here's the thing as we conclude this final page here. Which is why you don't make covenants with them. <laughs> this, is, this is what I'm saying, though. God's saying, get them out of there. Yes. They're nothing but trouble. Right. And look at what's happened. Yeah. The Palestinians won't have any kind of agreement. No. They won't agree to anything. No, they have a phrase, and it goes like this. They said, the Palestinians never miss an opportunity to miss an opportunity. So, so what, what, what you got to do is you got to stop and think about this. Yeah. So he says, get these people out of the land, because why? Let's go into uh, 15. Well, okay, this is this is which is Deuteronomy seven six. All right, so just I'm gonna, get into that. I am. I'm gonna I'm gonna read for you six through nine because this is gonna wrap this whole thing up. No, that's for you good. And put a nice little bow on it. And it says this. It says, "For thou art a holy people unto the Lord thy God. The Lord thy God has chosen thee to be a special people unto Himself above all people that are upon the face of the earth. The Lord did not set His love upon you nor choose you because you were more in number." than any people, for ye were the fewest of all people. But because the Lord loved you, and because he would keep the oath which he had sworn unto your fathers, hath the Lord brought you out with a mighty hand, and redeemed you out of the house of bondmen from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. Know therefore that the Lord thy God, he is God, the faithful God, which keepeth covenant and mercy with them that love him, and keep his commandments, to a thousand generations. So, so Ryan, I want to make it clear here, and we can go into great detail, and people have a hard time with this. Uh, it, and, and the question is, why can't some people understand from the Holy Scriptures that the Jews are God's chosen people? Now, pick me, pick me. Oh. here's the thing. For thou art a holy people, and this word chosen is a Hebrew word, bachar. It means to select, to select, appoint, choose, properly to try yeah so if he's going to choose them he's going to test them yeah he's going to bring them through the fire now it's interesting because you have the holy people the chosen he's chosen the the word chosen the chosen the chosen season two what a great show so so but but getting into a special people it's segula yeah to shut up holding in your hand wealth or special this is found in exodus 19 5 Mm. Now, think about segula means what? To shut up in your hand. He's not wearing you like an earring or a necklace or a ring or a watch. He's, it's, you're, you're so special, you're in his hand. Right. So you got to get this. This is why I believe that Beitiel is so special. We're the segula. Right. Because here's the deal. In John 10, 28, Yeshua, Jesus says, nobody can pluck them out of my hand. That's right. You choose to step out. You choose to go astray. You choose to do your own thing. Mm-hmm. Even when people would come up to me and say, Nick, I know I needed to be here for Shabbat. And I looked at them and I said, you said it. Yeah. And I walked away. Yeah, you said it. You know, so many people would come to me like, like I was going to be a Catholic priest and they make confession. <laughs> I really need to be here for prayer. Yeah. God showed me. He showed me I got to be here for prayer. It's like, all right, I'll see you Monday at 10. <laughs> and, and after that... I never saw him again. Yeah. Well, I guess you're not listening to God or maybe you didn't hear from God. Ooh. I don't know which one is which because if he told you to be at prayer, I probably would be at prayer. Yeah. So so I want you guys to think about that that are listening. So uh, why so can't once some again, people you know, understand from the Holy Scriptures that uh, the Jewish people are God's chosen people? Period. He made I know promises why. to I them. I know why. I know why. I know there's two reasons. You ready for them? Number one, they're not reading the Holy Scriptures. <laughs> 
And that's, wow, that was easy. That's probably the most likely one, right? Yeah, they don't get it. Right. Number two would be taking scriptures like uh, Romans 9 out of context without incorporating, say, like Romans 11, two chapters later. Because right. you could say, hey, not all of it, not just because you're born in Israel, right? Are you oh, Israel? Yeah. But then they forget that it says, oh, but the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. So you can't take one in context and pull it out of context and not bring in the other to shed light and understanding on it. Um, God loves the Jewish people. And, and how much did the eschatology was messed up yeah. because Israel became a nation like God's done with the Jewish people. Now he's got the church. How about that's replacement theology. Jesus is Jewish. Doesn't make sense. He's not done with the Jewish. Jesus made, wasn't Jewish. He made he, promises to them. Jesus is Jewish. Right. So the Lord would show mercy to a thousand generations that would keep his covenant. Oh, and by the way, in our church membership, we talk about this in a chapter about the chosen people. Yeah. You know? I mean, it's real simple. Even if a generation is like 10 years, which is probably not, it's probably 20 or 50 or 60 years. But let's say it's 10 years. That'd be 10,000 years. It still hasn't been 10,000 years. So we're good. You know, I would say the two things that I got based upon a consensus of this particular Torah portion myself, uh, they're just in my mind. I didn't write them down because I was just thinking really about them. I, I would say number one, you know, uh, hear God's voice. Uh, keep his covenant and be blessed. Mm-hmm. Number one, yeah, uh, it's that simple. Now, uh, real quickly here, if if we go back in time, why did God raise up the prophets? Well, if the king's bad and the priesthood is bad, he has to raise up a prophet. So, what's happening, Ryan, today, and this is what God has shown me, and and of course, prophecy is, is of no private interpretation. But what God has shown me is that the written prophets are going to help to guide us in the last days because. If we think about the government being bad and the and the and the just the, the church overall is not where it needs to be, we can rest assured that the written prophets are going to guide and lead us. Now, what's the substitute for that? But all these false prophets. So, because the government's bad and the church is, is gone south or whatever, not standing up for the gospel or preaching repentance, what what happens is the false prophets come in then and start to prophesy instead of getting back to the issue of the gospel and repentance. And I would say number two, I would say number two, um, get rid of unwise associations and, uh, and a bad culture. Get rid of unwise associations and a bad culture. Yeah. If it feels good, you know, if it feels good, do it. You think about all these commercials and things that are being thrown at us, these advertisements and stuff. You need this and you need that and, you know, and all this stuff, you know. And so, um it's 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 all it's all right there. So that's pretty much what I have, Ryan. And you can close it out. So but once it. again, so keep God's, you know, hear His voice, keep His covenant, be blessed. And then number two, get rid of unwise associations and a bad culture. Yeah, um, I love verses like this, um, kind of like verses um, in the prophets that say this as well. Um, but God keeps His promises not because of who you are, but because of who He is. Wow. Um, and many times he's keeping his promises despite <laughs> your behavior. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. I think that sometimes we can get caught up into the idea that somehow we have merited something. Um, and and I think in reality, um, the the right posture is always humility before God. You know? Right. Always, always humble before God. We don't God. have to. We get to. Um, my second point is to parents. Um Pass obedience down to your children. Uh, bestow godly living onto your children. How do you do that? Well, you have to live it <laughs> because more is caught than taught, right? More is caught than taught. 
So that's why he says it right here. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, right? The Shema, right? To, to hear and to obey, and thou shalt love the Lord your God, right? But then it says here, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto your children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, or when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when you rise up. So awesome. all the time, right? So Excellent. pass obedience to God's commands down to your children. Um, That's if you, divine order, too. It's better than money and riches right. and fame. It's better than all of those and things. And the men broke this world. We got to fix it. That's right. We got to take ownership. Amen. Amen. That was awesome. Yeah. Great tour portion. You know what? Jeff Calder said it last night, right? And I pleaded. God is pleading with us that we would just keep his covenant so that it would go well with us, right? Forever. He, he and to us. our children, always. He loves us. God. And the propitiation of Yeshua has shed blood to us. I know. You know, he gives us, he gives us atonement. He gives us forgiveness. He, he takes away our sins. He doesn't cover them. Yeah, that's right. People need to remember that when, when we ask for forgiveness, God doesn't bring it back up. Of course, yeah. Thank you. All right, why don't you pray us out? Father, we thank you for this incredible time as we have been successful uh, uh, getting through the three weeks of affliction from Tammu 17 to the 9th of Av. As we approach Teshuvah, the month of Elul and Tishri, Father, we just open our hearts to you and to the goodness of you and by your spirit. Keep the bad stuff out, Father. Take, take those out that don't need to be here and bring those in that need to be brought in because even the stranger would come alongside and be accepted, Father, uh, in this covenant that you have, which is really cool and in all men. And so we just thank you for this opportunity to come before you. We thank you for your word. We're not come back null and void. And for those that are listening and hearing this prayer, God loves you. He has a plan for you. And look up because our redemption draweth nigh. In Yeshua's name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. All right, guys. We love you. Bless you. Have a great week.